Good morning and welcome to Saving Your Soul with Dolly. I'm Dolly Barker and I'm so thankful that you tuned in today. Um, you know, it is my goal and my prayer that I will help people go to the next level. That, um, you know, the Holy Spirit can just say one thing to you that will help you understand something in a whole new way and bam, you're at the next level. And I, I love it. Whenever I receive those moments, I mean, I really do love it because I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to become everything that I can be. And so it's important for me that I get to the next level. And so I always want to help people get there. And so I hope that this is uh, happening for you. And I'm believing God that you're going to reach your destination. You're going to reach the dreams that you have in your heart because I know that's the will of God for you. Um, I wanted to talk to you today about... Um, some things that are um, pretty, I, I think they're good revelations, um, because I want to help you get to that next place. I wanted to start off maybe by talking about the children of Israel. You know, the children of Israel um, came out of hard bondage and slavery, and the people that were ruling over them were very hard taskmasters, the Bible says. And, I mean, everything was happening to them. They had been stripped of all their dignity, of all their wealth, of, of everything. Even their children were being murdered. And just, it was a bad, hard life. And, you know, God brought them out of that situation and brought them into the wilderness so that he could take them into a promised land, a, a wonderful, abundant land where everything was going to be different. And... um some of the things that happened out there in the wilderness was when the children of Israel got out there, you know, I believe, and I've heard several different sermons. I don't know the exact number. It's somewhere between 11 and 14. There, this journey from leaving Egypt and coming into Jericho were, was two weeks or less. That's all it should have taken them. Just cut across the desert and get over there into the promised land. Um, but, you know, God knew who was waiting on the other side. God knew that the promised land, the thing that they were dreaming about, the thing that they wanted, he knew that inside there was a great wall that they would not know how to take down. They, he knew that there were giants in the land that they would be intimidated by and wouldn't be able to take them down. And so he wanted to develop some trust now, remember, they have just came out of a place where they couldn't trust anybody. And some of us have come out of our Egypt in that same position. You know, we, we come out and all of our relationships are so messed up because you can't really trust anybody. You don't really feel like anybody loves you. You don't really think that anybody actually has your best interest at heart. So we struggle with things like that. So one of the things that God wanted to do, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rain down manna every day. Just gather how much you need to eat today. And then, but don't gather too much. Well, of course, the people in survival mode, because of their past experiences, went out there and gathered more than they needed. And so when they ate today's provision, they looked and behold, the extra stuff was rotted. It had worms and stuff in it or whatever. So they had to dump it out. It was no good. But then more manna would come down today so they could gather up some more until they learned how to quit trying to get more, just learn how to trust God today. So as they were learning how to trust God daily, this was important because he knew that when they saw the enemy, when they saw those walls, that they would want to run. 
They would not feel like they were the kind of people that could possess their promised land. But God wanted them to possess it. And, you know, the whole time they're out there in the wilderness, they're murmuring and complaining. I want to just tell you right now, if you're murmuring or complaining, now I'm not condemning you. Please do not get condemned because you cannot grow if you cannot be, um, if you cannot hear the truth. Um, the truth is if we're murmuring or complaining or we're worried or we're all stressed out and freaking out and snapping at people and all those things, when you're in that state, you are not in faith. You are in fear because of your past, because of the past oppression that you were under. You have developed mindsets in a subconscious mind, and you've put up your own walls to protect your heart and to d- defend you from, you know, anybody being able to hurt you. And so you, you come out attacking while they're not even attacking. And so we have to analyze where, I, where am I today and where do I want to be? How can I become that person? How can I change who I am? And, you know, what always helped me was when I realized that I was in not a good place. I am freaking out here. You know, this is more than I can handle. I would take that and go into prayer and say, okay, God, I can't, I don't know what to do. I'm worried. I'm afraid this is going to happen. They're laughing at me. People are mocking me. I'm ashamed. I'm this. I'm, I would just lay it all out for him. And you know what God could do? He could say one thing. And I would be fine. Perfect. Oh, yes. Praise God. Because perfect love, which who God is, casts out all fear. He can say one thing to you that will change who you are right now, the state of being that you're currently in. You know, you can pull your Bible out and start reading it, and he will show you something that will change your viewpoint of what's going on right now. It will change your attitude. It will help you understand things. He wants you to get delivered from those things. He wants you to understand them. He wants you to recognize them, and he wants you to bring them to him and say, God, please help me fix this. Because he wants more than you do to fix this stuff. You know, I have kids, and when they're going through stuff, I want to fix it. I don't want them to go through things like that. I don't sit out and plan and plot horrible things for them to go through so that I can teach them some great lesson. No, that's crazy. And people accuse God of that all the time. And that is nowhere even in his personality. But I can, I can you know, want to help them. And if they don't ask me for help, there is nothing I can do. I can't say anything. Oh, they'll get all so offended, you know. And that's how we do God. He wants to take you to the next level, but you need to trust him. You know what the children of Israel did not realize when they were having to trust him every single day for manna and they were griping and complaining because they wanted to get ahead in the old system way of operating instead of trusting God and getting ahead in the new system. They were murmuring and complaining. Uh, My son sometime back told us, he said, you know, it took them all that time, 40 years of walking around in the wilderness because all they did was gripe and complain. But the children of Israel that entered into the promised land, it only took them seven days to defeat the whole thing because all they did was worship God. 
God knows he's taking you into a place that's going to scare you if you have to do it on your own. If you have to figure out how to knock the walls down at Jericho, if you have to figure out how to kill the giants that are behind that wall, if you have to figure out how to destroy their army, listen, you can't do it. And he knows you can't do it. But your old way of thinking will make you feel like you have to do it. So get another job. Get three jobs. Work four jobs. You know, all these things that we do trying to win and get ahead, and they actually create more problems for us because we can't do it. I love it when Bill Winston says, God's leading you into a place you can't take. He's, he's, he's leading you into a piece of property you can't afford. He's trying to take you to somewhere that is so much better than where you're currently at. But right now, you need to start trusting the Lord. You need to take these things that you have that you're struggling with and give them to Him. You know, a lot of people say, well, you can't gripe and complain and all that stuff, and they condemn you for it. Listen, be you, but recognize You recognize it for yourself. We're supposed to judge our own selves, not anybody else. When I start doing things like uh, cussing people out and getting angry and hollering and stuff, I know that I'm not at peace. I am not in faith. I have to stop and go to God and lay it all out and let Him deliver me. Let Him show me the truth. I have to learn how to trust Him. And as I do that, as I build this trust with him, when the children of Israel that went in to obtain the promised land got there, they were able to do it because they totally just trusted God. And they just worshiped the Lord. The reason we worship God is because it keeps God with us. The Bible says He enters, you enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. It also says that he inhabits the praises of his people. As you start worshiping and praising God, God literally shows up. When God shows up, whatever enemy you're trying to deal with is going to be dealt with. You won't have to do anything if God is there doing it for you. So I want you to be encouraged about that. You know, a lot of times we all teach, you know, we all have to come into the unity of the faith. We all have to think the same way. We all have to do this and we all have to do this. No, you don't. We're all different parts of the body and the liver and the eyeball are never going to need the same things. They're never going to desire the same things. They're not functioning in the same way. Even in the book of Revelations, there are seven different churches. So there's some deception here, too, to think that we all have to do everything the same way and be some kind of cookie-cutter Christian, and this is the only way you can do it. And If you're not doing it my way, you're wrong. You're going to hell. And that is so not scriptural. We don't need to come into the unity of all agreeing with everything that we agree with on our doctrine and the things that are important to us and what we deem as a problem and what somebody else deems as a problem. What we have to do is all come into the unity of the faith. We all have to recognize the only, we all need God and we need more of God every day. You need more of God. The more of God you get, the better your life gets. The, you know, if you just want to get born again and just run out there and do whatever, well, you're probably still going to live a pretty defeated life. Don't blame God for it because he's not up there doing sick, demented things to his children, trying to teach you some deep truth. You're already in all that mess by yourself. Now he'll be there with you if you want, you know, if you want to have, if you want him to be, 
But if we want to change where we're at and what we're doing, we start saving our soul. We start renewing our mind. We start trying to understand things differently than we currently do. We try to reprogram our subconscious. I mean, and all these things are things that the Bible teaches us. And, and we can learn all these principles. Are, they all come directly from the Word of God. Even though most people teaching them are doing it apart from God, which they'll have other problems. But my point to you is, you need to figure out where you're at and where are you trying to go. And you need to stay focused on where you're trying to go and allow God to help you every time you have any kind of obstacle from point A to point B. I wanted to show you something in Hebrews 11. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, elders obtained a good report. Because by faith, they obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen are not made of things that do appear. Okay, this is quantum physics. When you speak, the... Um, quantum realm is listening to you and they obey you and they start creating the world you would like to have as a man thinketh in his heart so is he you know um, when you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth you know those things that's all powerful parts of being created in the image of God the creator he created the world by speaking what he believed he wanted to see come to pass and we're created in his image so that's what we should do in our world. You should be declaring over your world what you would like to see. But I wanted to show you something here because here is, here is a little situation that so many people struggle with. And it's, in, and it's this way in every area of your life. It, it goes on in verse 4. It says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. God talked to Abel after Abel was dead. If you remember the brothers Cain and Abel, Adam and Eve's kids, um, they both brought sacrifices to God. God was pleased with Abel and um, said something about it, and his brother got jealous and took a rock and hit him in the head and killed him. And so, but after Abel had died, he was still speaking to God. God was still in relationship with him. But then it goes on here and says in verse 5, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. So just the next chapter over, this is Genesis 4 and then Genesis 5, um, there's a guy named Enoch and he walked with God and he didn't die. The Bible says he just translated. He just walked off and went with God. And like Elijah did, and uh, Jesus did after, after the crucifixion when Jesus came back and lived on the earth for 40 days, whenever he left here the second time, he just translated. He just went away. He raptured. And, you know, there is coming a day when the church that's in the earth will rapture. But um, so there are people that will defeat death themselves. But my point to you is um, Abel and Enoch both pleased God. Whether one of them thought you have to go by the grave or one of them thought you could rapture, they both pleased God. It says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 
So whether or not you believe, I'm going to just give you some examples, because what I was thinking about when I came on here today was I know how many people believe it is the will of God for them to have finances. But I also know that there is an entire big portion of the Christian popularity that believe that they should not have finances. And I'm just here to tell you right now, both of those thoughts take faith. The ones where you don't have to have finances, you better have some faith because you're having to believe God that he's going to take care of you and he's going to feed you every day and he's going to take care of your children and you're going to have the things you need. And by faith, they absolutely can walk in that. But then there's another group of people that believe we have to have the money because we have to pay to spread the gospel. You know, we have to pay to establish churches and to feed the children and all the things that they do. So they, they believe that they have to have excessive amounts of wealth in order to serve God the way that they feel called to serve God. I'm telling you right now, both of them are in faith. Both of them. And both of them please God. And so here's what happens. You get this sect of people over here that are saying, well, if you're not believing for finances, you're wrong. And you got people over here saying, if all you do is talk about finances, you're wrong. I'm telling you, you know, Abel and Enoch both could have argued about that with their situation. But God says they were both right. And you both can be right also. So it's not a matter of, you're both in faith, regardless if you're believing for finances or not. The same thing, let's talk about health. Some people believe that they should walk in divine health, that they should not be ill at all. They should be the epitome of health. They've been redeemed from sickness. They've been redeemed from the curse. Other people feel like they should just accept what comes on them and just, you know, try to walk it out and just serve God anyway and be happy and be content and not complain. And not. Okay, again, both of those people are trying to have a relationship with God that pleases God and, and, and works for them. And according to what they believe, they can have either way. Now, you have these people over here that believe in divine healing, and they're like uh, condemning the people that don't. And you have the people over here that believe that they can be sick and still get into heaven, and they can. So you've got those people over here, and, and they're condemning you for trying to manipulate God or whatever they think that it is. You know, here you've got these two separate viewpoints and yet both of them are still actively in faith. Now, what their faith is in is two different things. One of them is in faith to, for grace to be able to walk it out. One of them is in faith just to be healed. Both of them are still both faith. One of them is in faith on the finances to be able just to trust God on a daily basis. And one of them is in faith to rule and reign or whatever. And so they're both in faith. And as long as they're in faith, they're pleasing their father, God. Now, the problem comes in to God's kids. We're condemning each other. We're throwing mud at each other. We're deciding, I'm going to judge this situation because evidently God's not judging it properly. And so we have all this drama. God wants you to be fully persuaded in your mind what it is you want and what it is you're believing him for. And he wants you just to focus all your time and energy on becoming the best you that you can be. And if you see somebody that you can help and encourage and be a blessing to, you should do that. If God calls you into something specific, 
like to own a business or to be in a ministry or to, um, you know, have some kind of outreach or sing for the Lord or whatever he leads you to do, you need to, by faith, grow and become that person. So what happens is you have to decide, are you happy with your current situation? Are you happy with what you're believing God for? Are you, are you okay right here where you're at? And the moment you decide, well, you know what? I, I think I could probably do more for God if this was different. Or, you know, maybe I would be easier to get along with if this was different in my life. Whatever you decide, the most important thing is that you get in faith and grow to that whatever you think that is, that'll make you happy that you feel like, according to the knowledge you have, will please God. Right now, I am trying to do something, and I am spending hours a day researching and trying to develop um, a new way of thinking in an area of my life that I have been okay with Everything's fine in your life. You know God's got you. God's got you in the palm of his hand. I mean, he feeds the birds, and nobody's even going to die. Not even a bird will die without God knowing it. You know, I mean, he's got you, and you're okay. But do you have what you want? Are you, are you completely satisfied with your life? Because if you pray and ask God what he wants you to believe for, and he shows you, will you grow? Will you do what it takes to get to the next level? I want to do that. I want to get to the next level. Well, in order for me to, to leave where I'm at and get to where I believe God is showing me the, the new thing that he has for me, this, I'm not going to be the same person. The people that came out of Israel were not the same people, that, the same kind of people that took the promised land. Now, Joshua and Caleb made it all the way through, but they had faith in God. They had a confidence that God could help them do that. I just want to uh, encourage you. What is it you want? Why don't you have it? Okay, here's, let's, let's look at what the Bible says. As a man thinketh in his heart, that's what he is. What are you really thinking in your heart? Do you know? That our heart, our subconscious mind, our soul um, is so designed to protect you and to make everything in your world as easy as it can be, as efficient as it can be, and protect you as much as it possibly can. And so once it believes it knows what you think about something, it will try to protect those thoughts. But the Bible teaches us things like renewing your mind, you know, um, being transformed by the renewing of your mind that you could prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. It talks about keeping the Word of God in front of your eyes day and night, keeping it in your mouth day and night. You know, get the Word of God for the thing that you're believing God for and walk it out. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about what you're believing God for. 
Remember, um, my pinky finger might want to believe God for a a fake fingernail with a certain color or some rhinestones on it or something. But, you know, my elbow does not have that same desire. My elbow may be believing God for a really good lotion that'll keep it just really nice and smooth. You know, whatever the part of the body of Christ you are, the things that you want and the things that you desire are not going to be the same things that anybody else has. And I look around and I notice how many people all start looking just alike and because they're trying to obtain what somebody else thinks is the right thing to be instead of being themselves. And you have to figure out what will honestly make what you're trying to do for God easier, more efficient, more productive, bring more satisfaction to you and, and to your family. And, and you have to decide what that is. And then you need to soul search. God, why am I here when I desire to be here? And let him show you. Okay, God, I see this in my life. And it's fighting against what I'm trying to believe you for. If you're stepping out to try to believe God for just anything, like a, a new pair of shoes. Well, you may have... Um, a mindset that says that having anything extravagant is wrong. And so, first of all, you won't even be able to believe God for an expensive pair of tennis shoes unless you deal with that thought, unless you deal with that tree, that limitation that's growing in your life. God wants to remove the limitations out of your life. And the way you do that um, is by repenting and not in a messed up, way. It is like, go to the Lord and say, God, you know, I believe that you want me to have these new tennis shoes and I am having a hard time believing you for them because I feel guilty. I feel condemned because of, you know, the cost of these shoes. But I know that there's no limit to the money or the wealth that this world can produce. So would you please take that limitation out of my life? Would you, I repent of even allowing it to get in there in the first place. I don't know when the enemy put that mess in me. When I was a child, when, I was, when my, my parents were broke and they were hollering at me about something, did I believe then that I could never have anything nice or I was ashamed? You know, remove that from me. Take that out of my life. I repent of it. The Bible says repentance. It's an ax. It's laid at the root. Um, and it'll cut that thing out and remove it from your life. And then you need to say, God, sow into my life seeds of abundant provision because I know you always give us the best. And, you know, you can look at Jesus, his, the clothes that he was wearing. And I know everybody wants to think that he was poor. The clothes that he was wearing were so nice that the tradition was when they killed somebody, they didn't need their clothes anymore. So the guards would tear the fabric and, and share it among themselves so they could take a piece of that fabric home. And so their wives could make something out of it or whatever. But Jesus's garment was so nice because it was woven in one thing all the way up that the guards are like, no, 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 don't tear that, don't tear that. Man, let's, they gambled for it. Because they wanted the whole thing. It was a nice piece and it was all, it was the best, man. 
It was the best. And so it was okay for him to wear the best. He still did exactly what he was called to do. He still walked out the perfect will of God for his life, even though he was okay financially. And, um, you know, I just want to encourage you. Sometimes the limits that you have, you're not even aware of what kind of limits they are. You know, God led the children of Israel out of Egypt into Jericho, a land that flows with milk and honey, a land that was prosperous and blessed and successful and had everything and had everything to a um, to a quality degree. And so, you know, don't get condemned because you want something nicer. If you're all stressed out and freaking out and you're all, you know, you're hard to be around all the time because you're broke and you don't know how you're going to pay your bills, then I want to suggest that you either get in, get in charge of your flesh and don't buy anything else until you get yourself straight, which is very difficult to do. Or I suggest that you talk to God about helping you learn how to increase your life financially without you losing your soul, without you turning against God. You know, you're going to have to learn that you can trust God, that you can trust God where you're at now, then you can trust God where you're going to be at then, that God is trustworthy, that you're safe, that he's got you in the palm of his hand, that he loves you with an unconditional love, and that he's going to help you because he says in the word, if you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. And, but if you're not faithful with little, you won't be faithful with much. So if you're being faithful right now with what you have and it's not enough, it's okay for you to believe God for more because you will still be faithful with what you get then. If you're faithful now, you will be faithful then. And if you're not faithful now, just take it to the Lord and repent and ask God to help you become faithful. And then he can increase you and it will not destroy you. And, uh, you know, just throwing this in as a side note, wherever you go to church, tithe. Tithe to your local church. Take one-tenth of what you have and take it in there and put it in the offering bucket. Because if you do that, you literally cut the money down. You make your money bow its knee to God. And money will never have control over you as long as it is bowing to God. As long as you're tithing, that is a covenant to protect you from money becoming your God. It's a very powerful tool. I love God because he's a genius. He knows what we need in order to keep us safe. And he puts them in, he implements them. And so if you're not faithful right now, start tithing. It'll bring faithfulness to your finances. And then you can just believe God for a lot more finances because that's probably really what you need. Amen? And, and it, don't get condemned about it. And don't let religious people tell you how you have to think and what you have to do. Listen, we're all unique. We all have different needs. And we all have different callings. And God is going to deal with you as an individual. If God has a problem with something that you're doing, God himself will talk to you about it in a way that you can healthy, in a healthy way, that you can change it in a positive way to take you to the next level, not to condemn you or beat you down or make you feel bad because that is not of God. So, I love you guys so much, and I want you to be successful, and I want you to have all the things that you're desiring to have and be everything that God's called you to be. And so, stick with God. Trust Him and judge your own life. Look at your life. When are you losing your peace? Why are you losing your peace? Ask the Lord, why am I losing my peace right now? Why am I so frustrated right now? Because a lot of times we don't even know. The enemy's just yanking our chain and we're going off and hollering at everybody and we don't even know why we're doing it. 
because he's deceived us so well. But if you'll stop and ask God, he will show you and you will get victory over it. And then you will have a praise report and then you will have something you can help other people with. Amen. It is so powerful what God does. He's amazing. And so, listen, thank you so much again for tuning in and listening. And I'm, I do these podcasts every Tuesday and every Thursday. So tune in again next time, and I will see you soon. Bye.